All right. I'm going to uh, welcome to the show Alyssa Freeman, PR and pop culture expert. Alyssa, you re- I don't know if you were listening to the last segment, but even if you weren't, I think you'd probably have a comment on this. Tim Hortons is deciding to get back to basics. And what they're doing is they have gone back to the drawing board and they've reworked their uh, espresso. They've redeveloped it. They said that it wasn't strong enough. You couldn't taste it if you ordered a latte. So they are relaunching. And they're going to be uh, marketing the the newly changed espresso drink starting today, uh, along with a two dollar promotion. Any sized espresso beverage through November twenty eighth, it'll be two bucks. Is 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 Tim Hortons trying to get too fancy with their back to basic strategy? You know, sometimes when I look at the Tim Hortons menu, I think, uh, you know, have you lost who you are? Or are you trying to be too competitive with all the other coffee chains? So I'm not necessarily going to Tim Hortons for a latte. You know, when they came up with that French vanilla drink they had, I think that was more in their lane. But they do, they try and do these stronger coffees. And remember a few years ago, they came up with the dark roast. Mm-hmm. It sort of tasted like they mixed dirt in water. And then they do a commercial a few years later saying, well, we knew it was terrible. So it seems that they actually bring these products to market, and I'm not sure how, that are not 110% perfect. So here they are again going for a type of stronger coffee. And listen, they know their data and I don't, but I'm not going to Tim Hortons for a latte or for an espresso, to be quite honest. You know, this is all through the window. To make an espresso, you've got to do it right. I just want my coffee, no sugar, double milk, medium. Thank you very much. Let's turn our attention to Crocs. They're they're having a bit of a moment again after falling out of fashion for a while. Seems like the pandemic was really great for Crocs. Uh, this year, they will be um, awarded the uh, Shoe of the Year Award at the 35th Annual uh, Footwear News Achievement Awards. It's, it's like the Shoe Oscars. When exactly did Crocs cement itself uh, in this winner status in, in your mind? Was it when celebrities started to wear them and, and pose during the pandemic on Instagram? Probably, but I also think it was people cleaning out their closets during the pandemic. And they shoved in the corner, they found the Crocs. And in those Crocs, especially if it was with kids, they found all those charms that you had to go running out to be able to put into the holes of the Crocs in order to look cool. I mean, listen, you know, some chefs wear Crocs. I remember Mario Batali used to wear those orange Mm -hmm. ones in the kitchen. So I think they've always had a very cult following. And to deserve an award like that... You know, it, it, it speaks to their longevity. It speaks to the longevity of the style. And if you've ever actually walked into a Croc store, which I have, Kelly, that they've got, they've never, ever settled on the one original Croc product. You can get sort of a loafer looking like shoe. They've always diversified their styles. So they've always sort of maintained a, a very creative bent with their shoe and not just relying on the one original product. So you know, if I had to, if I was thinking about the shoe Oscars and I was looking at a shoe that was ubiquitous, that, you know, was affordable to everybody and that sort of maintained its quote unquote cult status or cool, I'm all for it. I back it. In the third quarter alone, just to get, provide perspective here, uh, Crocs posted a record revenue of $625.9 million, a 73% increase from the same period in 2020 with the bulk of sales coming from its classics collection. That is, uh, outstanding. And I, I was shocked to learn that they, uh, 
have created a sustainable new material. It's called Crosslight. It is called the material that they'll be making these, the, that they're referring to as Crosslight is an Ecolibrium technology, they say. It was engineered in collaboration with Dow. It's built on uh, hydrocarbons extracted from renewable re- resources and waste products like palm oil and pulp paper. And it is uh, forming a carbon negative process. The new shoes won't be 100% equilibrium, but they will feature a percentage of the eco-friendly material. And they hope to increase it by... Uh, to 50% by 2030. So they are really leaning heavy on sustainability, which brings me to uh, the next item. They have teamed up with ThreadUp to clean out uh, people's closets and give pre-loved items a second life. Maybe you can shed some light on this. You know, I find that super interesting, and I think that that's just based on consumer demand and also a, um, a public that is that is growing up And then by 2030, so this is, you know, sort of like my daughter, she's in her teens and she will be 30 at that time, you know, so, you know, they're looking for companies that have a sustainability mission. So, you know, you've got to start now and there's more and more organizations like doing this. For example, Herman Miller and the iconic uh, Aeron chair, they're now making one out of sustainable, like, uh, you know, ocean plastic. So I think that what we're seeing from Crocs, is going to become absolutely de rigueur, de facto, for many products who want to be seen as being um, eco-conscious in the eyes of their consumers now and then the consumers 10 years from now. Yeah, this is something that will continue. Uh, Apparently, Crocs is committed to become a net zero company by 2030. And ThreadUp, just to give some perspective, it basically is transforming resale with technology and their mission is to inspire a new generation of consumers like your daughter to think about buying secondhand first. So they make it easy to buy and sell secondhand back and then they will uh, look at it and, and kind of assess the, the condition that it's in and then they'll, they'll resell it for a cheaper uh, price. Maybe they'll, you know, reimagine it, but it's a great way to keep it out of landfill. You know, it's such a brilliant strategy, and I think that if any company is not thinking about this right now, they better get on the bandwagon, to be quite honest. So I think that people will be judged on their absence of having uh, an eco-strategy versus trying to catch up five, six, seven, eight years from now. Yeah, it seems to me, and I don't give Crocs a lot of thought. I actually have never owned a pair. I have no desire to have a pair, though. But they are striking all of the right notes. Um, they are right in uh, the zeitgeist in, with what regards to what is important to people right now. Uh, case in point, they've unleashed a new line of ugly Christmas sweater clogs. Have you heard about these things? You know, I read about it when Danny sent it to me, and I thought to myself, you know, you always look for that sort of kitschy seasonal thing that's going to, uh, you know, make a difference in the, um, you know, during uh, the Christmas season. And I thought, you know, if, you, if you're sitting in a boardroom and you're thinking, okay, what's the craziest idea you can come, craziest idea you can come up with? Oh, I know, an ugly Christmas sweater croc. And they go, ha ha, yeah, well, let's do it. So kudos to them. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly. You know, companies who just sort of sit on their laurels and let things years go by and hope that their their um, you know hope that their product is still relevant. You know, kudos for them for pushing the envelope. Mario Vitali isn't the only chef that wears Crocs. I know a lot of chefs that wear Crocs. It is the the shoe of the kitchen. Uh, so if you combine that with the fact that there's a lot of people that get into the Christmas spirit at home making cookies. 
I could see a lot of people running around in these crocs. One is red and white snowflake with a tree snowman and reindeer little charm that you put in them. The other is white and multicolored with a snowflake tree and a gingerbread man for the charms. They cost a little more than the original pair, $64.99, but... It seems to me, judging by the pictures, they also look like they're fleece lined or lined with some sort of, it looks like it could be, um, I'm going to guess for $64.99, some uh, fake uh, sheep's wool. Listen, I can see a lot of those $64.99 Crocs ending up in stockings. Yeah. I think that what you, you said, their third quarter profits were, you know, I don't know, up to $73 billion. They're going to see another boost. And, you know, it takes an investment of people, of time, of creativity, of hiring agencies, of getting your production already. You know, that all takes investment in time and strategy. But that's why they're still around, because they do that. And they've obviously got the cash to be able to do something that's a little bit out of the box. So good for them. I mean, I'd like to tell you that, hey, maybe I'll just go grab a pair. I won't. But I know that several people will. Uh, Danny just gave me some notes here uh, that gibbets is the name of the charms that go on uh, ch- uh, on Crocs. And you can and- never get them out of those things. Oh, you, you can't? They're there for a good? tool to disengage the back from the front and then pop it into the hole. It was a real pain. But Be careful yeah. with the gibbet selection then. Yeah, very Okay. Uh, they also are calling it Sherpa material. So I'm guessing that that's not real lamb's wool. No, but Sherpa is a great, uh, you know, if you have to call something something else, Sherpa is a great word as long as it's not patented so that they can use it. But yeah, I, I, I see a lot of manufacturers actually using that word as Sherpa mm-hmm. lining. It sort of has the connotation of warmth, of durability. So that makes an abundance of sense to me. All right. Alyssa, thanks so much for joining us. I always appreciate our chats. So do I. They're always fun, Kelly. Thanks for having me on. Have a great day. Enjoy your Christmas um, Okay. Alyssa Freeman, PR and pop culture expert, uh, here for 640 Toronto.